Welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. Wherever you're tuning in from, we know who you support. Get behind your favourites. Let's make some noise. Mark, should I not give up the day job? <laughs> well, no, but how do you make no, I, I, not being someone who's been to Tynecastle um, forever, but certainly not this season, I don't know if, if our guest today still says make some noise. Um, but what I do know, having our little preamble um, beforehand, is eye to eye stand winners and losers, hurt by envy, cut by greed, face to face with their own delusions, the scars of old romances still on their cheeks. WTF. Those are the first four lines from Duel, the song by Propaganda, which still, I believe, gets played at Tynecastle before every game. Scott Wilson, hello, how are you? And why are you still playing that 20 years later? Hello, first and foremost, and secondly, because it's one of the greatest songs ever recorded, and I love it. And the prerequisite for music played at Tynecastle is that I actually enjoy it. <laughs> Sorry if that's burst a bubble of anybody that thought it was just because we were really progressive, but no, it's my kind of own personal jukebox. Did and you I know? That song. And did did you? This has always fascinated me. And as someone that that um, in my previous life spent many many years with yourself, your wonderful brother Tom at Radio Fourth. Um, I always wondered how many hit singles have not got the title of the song as part of the song. Because Duel, the word Duel, does not appear in any stage of that song by Propaganda. Correct. Neither does Bohemian Rhapsody, incidentally, appear in the lyrics of Bohemian Rhapsody. And Don't Stop Believing, by the way, by Journey, does not appear in the song until 3 minutes 29 seconds in. Anyway, this is a hard podcast. (laughs) Bar of Hell must take a while to get to as well. Can I tell you a really nice story? I interviewed Claudia Brookin. Um, Claudia Brookin is the, the lead singer of... Propaganda, along with Ralph Dorper and Michael Mertens and Susan um, Friday is her name, but in German it's Freitag. How sad is that? Anyway, and she's a lovely, <laughs> lovely lady, and she said, oh, you're the man that plays us at the football stadium. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And apparently it's on Wikipedia. That, 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 that it's under the heading something like used as a sports theme. The song often played at the stadium of Hart and Mod Lothian Football Club during home matches. How outrageous is that? <laughs> and that's worth me playing it at every game, isn't it? It is. Um, I should say, welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel. I am Laurie Dunsire. <laughs> I'm joined by Mark Donaldson. Delighted to also be joined by Hart Stadium announcer, um, among many talents, uh, Scott Wilson. Um, now, Scott, we have uh, a tendency to go off on tangents, mainly <laughs> mainly due to Mark, although I I get suckered in with, with him as well. With you on as well, we've, we've kind of done this without any plan at all. I mean, we don't have much of a plan usually, but even less of a plan. So... Um, I don't know where this is going to go because we're about two minutes in and we've already had about three tangents. Do you know, Spike Milligan once said, we don't have a plan so nothing can go wrong. <laughs> and I think that should probably be the motto of this podcast. <laughs> Certainly yes. in my experience in the last 20 minutes, I know we've only been air, on air for about two of them, but uh, yes, it was very tangential to start with and we've gone off at all different <laughs> angles and 
There's a word. We did have an episode called Tangenticity, didn't we? We did. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. It's Thanks for listening, Scotty. It's so not a word, no. Tangential is a magic though. Yeah, but tangenticity deserves to be a word. Listen to Undeniably. Fantastic word. It's like bounce back ability, isn't it? Mm. Right. Um, where were we? Okay, so we, we are a Hearts podcast. We will talk about Air United against Hearts, uh, probably very briefly because we need to cram in some um, discussion with Scott, and I'm sure he's got plenty of stories uh, to tell us to fill the time. I might squeeze in a quiz because Mark goes in a huff these days if I don't give him some kind of quiz. Diva. We did have a, a homework question, which was uh, give us your, um, not prediction so much, but your, your scenario for season 2046-47, what Scottish football and hearts will look like. Because um, we wondered, Laurie, didn't we, in 25 years from now, if dual by propaganda... We'll still be played by the same stadium announcer at Tynecastle. Uh, Unlikely it'll be the same stadium announcer, isn't it? I'll have been found out long before then, and they'll have a professional in there. So no doubt they'll be playing the the, the equivalent of Girls Allowed or whatever it is that's in the hit parade at the time. Be some rap nonsense, no doubt. Loved nonsense. by sporty sixteen-year-olds. You sound like Mark on most when when I <laughs> I. I I put a song at the end of every episode, and I try and I try and make it at least slightly relevant to maybe what was discussed or what happened during the show. And I get a lot of grief from Mark when I use um, certain genres what of music. What, what was that one? The the thing music, the kungs and all that nonsense. What was that song called? Oh, that's cakes. No, that's good. That was the one we used when Kyle Lafferty used to score. Kick, kicking on three burners, is it? Kicking on three burners, was that? Some, yeah, by some. Yeah, it's not Belinda Carlisle, though, is it? <laughs> it's like Kungs versus cooking on three burners, isn't it? This girl. This girl, yes, absolutely. And and why uh, you know Belinda Carlisle? It's a girl called Kylie that's the lead singer on that that tune. Why is Belinda Carlisle even? mentioned in because because that, because Lainey my wife Mrs Hall as you call her um mm-hmm. Mrs Donkey um that's the <laughs> that's the uh the, I, I try and pretend I'm this old man with no life and all I listen to is kind of late 80s um songs like today Gary Barlow oh. released his crooner sessions with Foreigner and they did I Want to Know What Love Is I thought it was absolutely fantastic but you don't Have hear you that on Kyle Lafferty Gold Hey, 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 no, and, and, and you're not likely to either. But speaking of, of Romania, Deacon, maybe you would. Deacon Blue, have you heard their, their uh, song with Gary Barlow yes. when they do? Oh, isn't it just magnificent? It's amazing. And it's, it's, had, it's had loads and loads of, of, of views so far. By the way, Dunstar, when you're refereeing and when you're in charge of making sure that this goes in the right direction, you have to step in at times I know, and that's stop what... this nonsense. Otherwise, this is going to be a five-hour podcast. I know, I'm just thinking that way, I'm mediator here way, or something. Way, if this was an X-rated one, I would tell you my story about Belinda Carlisle, but I'll save that no. for a late night episode. No, 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 no. This is, this is anything goes. Don't, don't you dare tempt us with that. S- Scott, 100... A, that, that's a typical <laughs> guess what, and it's, I'm not telling you. You've got it's to tell a, it's us, a, man. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm silently correcting your grammar as we speak, so there's absolutely no issue there whatsoever with that. I I have written this, and it's been with my lawyer for close on three years now, and he's hung up on one chapter, 
and that chapter is where the name of the book comes from, and it relates to... Do you remember when the Hearts played Bayern Munich away? Of course, of course. John Colquhoun missed that sitter. Right. That night, I was in the Royal Albert Hall. I was recording a documentary about James Brown, and there was an event on. James Brown was, uh, was appearing there, along with a number of other artists, and a bunch of my mates had a box... And in that box were copious quantities of alcohol and food. And in between interviews that I did with the Pet Shop Boys, with Misha Paris, with Kim Wilde, with Junior Giscombe, and with James Brown, I was nipping back to the box and having a beer. So naturally, by the end of the night, I was feeling no pain whatsoever. And we ended up in a nightclub called the Kensington Roof Gardens. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a brief overview because this is where the title of the book comes from. But, Hall, oh, you'll love this. Okay. Because I'm in this booth and there's a number of big stars, including a guy called Paul Simonon, who used to be in The Clash. And there's a guy from Bomb the Bass. Do you remember Beat This? Beat, 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 yeah, beat, beat yeah, this? Yeah. Do you remember Paul Hardcastle in the 90s? Mm-hmm. Yes. He was there as well, along with Sunita and me and a number of other people who at the moment shall remain nameless. Anyway, Tony <laughs> Prince, who's a DJ, used to be on Radio Luxembourg, who runs this club called Disco Mix Club for DJs. And I'm a pal of Tony's, and Tony said, Scott, come with me, we'll get around for everybody, so we take a note of what everybody wants. We go up to the bar, Tony orders the round, and the barman goes away to make it. And then a pap comes over. Now, this is old-style pap, with cameras, with flash and all that stuff, and said, Tony, can we get a picture with you and James Brown, no problem. He goes away to get his picture taken. The barman comes over, slides the tray over, and he said, that'll be £82. And I'm like, not my round, big man. It's his, and he's not here. And he leans over, and he goes, where are you, Faye? I said, Edinburgh. I can <laughs> tell that. Where about? I said, I'm from Birdie House. I'm Faye Perry, Cook, he says. This one's on me, big man. Drinks back. Guys, Tony's away getting his picture taken with James Brown, but this is on me. Suddenly, everybody's my pal. And that, 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 again, there's a longer story there which involves stuff that's not entirely legal. And that's where the name of the book comes from. And that's why it's held up with my solicitor. Is it something to do with Sunita? She was, at the, she, was, she was in the booth that we were no. in, yes, but she was not directly involved. So she's not in the title? Her. Oh, no, 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 no. The, the title's called Chasing Flamingos because on the, the terrace of the roof garden are flamingos. The long and short of it is I got involved in imbibing something which isn't strictly legal and as a consequence got the munchies, went back to the bar, asked for some crisps or nuts, and my pal from Pennycook said, this is a posh gaff, we don't do that. And I'm like, I'm starving. And he said, have you been out on the roof terrace? And I said, why? And he said, we've got some flamingos out there. <laughs> so I go out there with a pal of mine who's in a similar state of, shall we say, mental incapacity. And we go chasing the flamingos. And our, our warped mind, we're going to catch them. We're going to barbecue them. We get rid of the munchies. Everything's grand. The book's called Chasing Flamingos. But it's the part that I couldn't tell you there, which involves a very well-known star of the 1980s who has a very active legal team and my lawyer is very, very nervous about telling a story about that incident, which naturally would be denied because said 80s pop star has squeaky clean image. Oh, oh, okay, let, let me briefly follow that up before Laurie gets us back on track. Oh, Lord. Heart, I know, Hearts Next Home Game. This is seamless, absolutely seamless transition. Hearts Next Home Game is against Greenock Morton, okay? 
on the mm-hmm. 20th of February. You will, I've no doubt, play that ridiculous song, Duel by Propaganda, to begin with. Mm-hmm. But for mm-hmm. us, and only for us three and our listeners to scars around the funnel, can you make your second song after Duel by Propaganda, Because I Got High by Afroman? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and only we know why. You'll be playing that song. That's a super idea. I'll tell you what, because there's no fans in the stadium, I'm now at the mercy of other members of the media who come over and go, will you play that? Will you play that? <laughs> and then at the last game, I played uh, I played a band called The Bible, who I used to play on Radio Clyde, and a great song called Gracelands, written by a guy who's now a pal of mine called Boo Hewardine. And I played that simply because I was looking for something else, and I thought, oh, great, I'll play that. There's nobody in the stadium... You know, there's obviously the staff there, some media, and then the chief sports writer, chief football writer for the Daily Mail, tweets that he's sitting at Time Castle. Scotty Wilson's just played the, the pop classic. Oh, there's your lawyer. John, John Robertson, <laughs> funnily enough, um, has played the pop classic, Graceland, blah, blah, blah. Does the football really have to start? And I thought, fantastic. My day is made. And I just play stuff like that. I play Love and Money. I play uh, Goodbye, Mr. McKenzie. And I decided, i ah, tell you what, I've not played the Sugar Hill Gang for a long time, so I play his rapper's delight. Next time, Barry Ferguson and Stevie Cowan are rapping to one another to the words of rapper's delight. And I filmed it and sent it to you and Cameron, who stuck it on air at Radio Fourth. And it was just great. It was just a moment. So there you go. that's it. That, that, that's the background to the music. I, I, I please myself because there's nobody in the stadium, but ordinarily... You please yourself I'm, at Tynecastle. I just I don't play here. I'd be, I'd, I'd, be speaking to your, I'd be speaking to your lawyers about that as well. <laughs> come on, Laurie, you know the, back on track. Right. So yeah, yeah, come on, Laurie. We've not even we've not even finished the opening, and we've went in so many different directions. I'm I'm just deciding if I'll get away with calling this episode, Jason Flamingos, or if I'll get your lawyer on the on the phone about that. Oh no, that's fine because it's suitably vague because you don't know that the rest of the story okay. around about it. Okay. It was either that or. Kensington Roof Gardens was it the titles that are currently in my head. That's a good one as well. It's a great club. Great club. Did you play Goodbye Mr. McKenzie when you took over from Mark McKenzie? Just to give him... <laughs> <laughs> That's good for you, Laurie. That's the funniest that you've been good, 119 Laurie. episodes. No, not at all. I, I played it for the first time about a year ago when um, I, I, a Hearts fan turned up and gave me the 12-inch single of The Rattler, which I'd been looking for for a long, long time. And I must have posted something about it on social media. And next thing he rocks up at the match and said, that's for you. And it's like, ah, oh, tune. Tune. Okay. For all our um, listeners who are over the age of 40, I'm sure you're enjoying this. For everyone under the age of 40, I apologise. You can now put the, vo- the volume back up. <laughs> Scott Wilson used to be a DJ on 4th FM. Oh, I, th- I think they might have guessed that by now. Right, I- I'm going to put a wee sound now so we can cut to the next part of the show. Okay, first up, there's, there was some football. I can't even remember what this podcast is about. Um, Air United against Heart of Midlothian last week. I can tell this podcast is going to go in a lot of directions, so I'm, I'm not going to get too caught up in the game. But uh, Hearts managed to end Air United's long unbeaten home run that had stretched back to February last year uh, with a team that had two changes from their previous match. And we saw Liam Boyce and... Mr. Armand Nongdwie, who I'm sure Scott Wilson is um, fluent in pr- pronouncing now. At this I point. am, and, and I actually got a message on social media saying, could you tell Laurie Dunzar how to pronounce the name of our new French striker? 
because uh, apparently you must have made a bit of a mess of it. This might have been oh, beforehand when there was a lot of debate and yes. um, uh, uh, HMFC France, Lois, who's behind that account, had sent me um, what he felt it should have been, which was totally different from what uh, I had assumed and what I had heard. But uh, it, it's one of those that was up for a lot of debate, but we circled back to the initial assumption. And <clears throat> I think Mark messaged him on Instagram as well, which is... <laughs> big, big Nando. Big Nando. That's, that's what Jimmy Sanderson is going to have to go with. The, the big lad up front, the big number nine. That's it, correct. Um, so it wasn't really a game to write home about, should we say. I guess in terms of the team, we, we saw the lineup and we were thinking we thought there might be a 4-4-2 mark did you think that Robbie might go that way or were you expecting the way that he lined up with Boyce in a, a more number 10 sitting off the striker role well I didn't know and I'm not going to pretend that I did or anybody else did because we've discussed about wanting to see a two with Boyce and Nondrier mm-hmm. and as it happens it was more Nondrier as the the number nine as he is with Boyce playing off him um again I think there is scope for that to be a 4-4-2 with mm-hmm. Gary McKay-Steven uh, on one side and potentially our, our new signing, Castanier, on the other with Boyce through the middle and also Nondouillet. But what it didn't have was, was Stephen Naismith and it did have Jamie Walker, who is hitting a bit of a purple patch right now, which we're happy mm-hmm. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should mention that because, you know, We've we've criticised Jamie Walker at times. I think many have, and I think a lot of the time justified. But Scott, it's fair to say the last few games he, he's certainly put on a performance, and he's it's not just his work on the ball, but he's looked keen off the ball. He, he's put in a few shifts that I think would maybe show us exactly what he can do as a player. I would agree, but he's a typical winger though, and they're frustrating in so much that you see games like that. You see the the game away to Morton where he was just magnificent, scored mm-hmm. two goals. And you think, why can't you do that week in, week out? Because I'm a winger. And that's what wingers do. They're frustrating. Gary Mackay-Steven's been frustrating since he, he came because he's not shown any of the, 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 the form that we know that, that he's capable of. And same with Andy Halliday. I thought Andy Halliday was great on Friday. Arguably his best shift in a Hearts jersey. Mm-hmm. I thought he came into his own. Andy Irving was quiet in bits, but still, I think I'd build a team around him. But no, I agree with you. I don't get the, the hang-up over formation and tactics. It just seems that everybody on social media is an expert because they've got an Xbox and because <laughs> with a four-four-two with Hearts, they've beaten Bayern Munich or whatever. This is the real world. I, I really don't care. As long as we score goals... And we're entertaining doing so. I, I, I don't care what formation. The, the other thing is, Laurie, for, formations, uh, you need to write them down if you have to. If you're a commentator or a match day PA or anything like that, you kind of want to write them down. But in essence, any given Saturday, you've got three or four different formations. Yeah. Whether you've got the ball, whether you've not got the ball, two up top, one off. I read a, an article with David Martindale, the Livy boss, over the last couple of weeks, and he said, I think they played one game against Aberdeen at Pitodry when they won 2-0, and they, they changed the formation two or three different times. Yeah. That's modern football. That's the way it is right now. So something mm-hmm. that looks like X on paper, it changes all the time, and it's about players being hybrid. It's about them being flexible and, and playing more than 
one different role, and that's what I think Robbie's trying to do to his team. Mm-hmm. I get that. I suppose what I would say, Mark, uh, my I thought Boyce has, was very good on Friday, very effective. Mm-hmm. I think he has been uh, very good for a lot of the season, sometimes underrated, even though he's our top scorer. Sometimes maybe he misses chances, which is uh, meant he's drawn criticism. However, I thought my opinion was if we're going to play Nongdwee, I think he does need a bit more support. I felt he looked a bit isolated. I, I thought he needed someone to play off, someone to maybe open up the space for him. You know, he's he's a he's a target man as such, but not the type of target man that I think is going to hold up the play and with his back to goal and draw players in. Maybe a flick ons if someone's running in behind him. But I think he's going to work better with someone next to him to open up space and then maybe get on the end of crosses from the, the highlight reel. That would be my, my one thing. If we're going to play that formation, I'm not quite sure on the face of it if it suits Big Nando, as Scott called him. Well, there, there's there's an example. You've, you're talking about formations. A 4-4-2 or a 4-4-1-1 or a 4-2-3-1. They're not really too dissimilar. The key is whoever's playing off the striker has to be close enough to be able to link yeah. up, to be able to get those flick-ons. So you could play a 4-4-2, but one of the strikers is in front of it. And you never see two static strikers standing either side no. of the 18-yard box. So as long as, you're right, as long as Nondouillet or Boyce, whoever's playing that, whether it's a lone striker role or a partnership, as long as there's an understanding. And that will develop over time. And Scotty mentioned about uh, Andy Halliday, and I was thinking about this the other day as well, because Andy spent most of his summer um, with Cy Ferry and uh, and Kevin Kyle and these guys doing the podcast. So he didn't get a proper preseason. Now now that he's got, now that he's got that and he's he's up to speed, you don't just flick a switch and suddenly you go from no preseason to fitting in nicely. It takes time. Is Andy Halliday one of the players that would benefit more from having a crowd? Is he that type of player that is maybe? I know we've said the likes of Craig White and. Has seemingly benefited from benefit having less from pressure. From not having, a, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But is Halliday maybe one who would benefit from having that the yeah. atmosphere at Tynecastle, especially? Probably because he's got a wee bit dig about him. He can be a nasty wee piece of work, and <laughs> I think he feeds off that if he's putting it in and the crowd are reacting. Speaking of which, Aaron McCannif, I saw him uh, at the Tala Stadium and or a, a year and a bit ago. I, I, I work in Ireland a lot and I stupidly had made an appointment for a Friday morning. I never normally have appointments on Friday, only to realise that none of my colleagues was in the hotel the same night as me. So I'm sitting there having a look out the window and I'm thinking, where are these lights coming from? And I realised it was at Tala Stadium. So I did a bit Googling and lo and behold, Shamrock Rovers were playing um, the, the, the separate side. I'm going to say Apollonia, is it? Apollon is Apollon. Or is Ammonia? Ammonia or Apollon? Uh, Apollon, because Apollonia is um, one of the members of Prince's backing band. (laughs) Anyway, so I then, I'm thinking, (laughs) oh right, so they're playing in the Europa League. So I then phoned Aaron Hughes. I said, you got any contacts at uh, Samuel Rovers? You never changed, Scotty, never changed. Why would you pay for something? Look who's who's talking, Mark, I bet you're the same. Listen, can I just point out, I was scouting for Hart and Midlothian, and 18 <laughs> months later, my work here is done. Because the outstanding player that night was the midfielder who came off after 85 minutes to a standing ovation. And lo and behold, who signs for Hearts 10 days ago? Thank you very much. While we're there, Laurie, this deserves a, a huge tangent, because God knows I'd probably forget to ask Scotty 
later on. Um, Scotty, be honest, pal, um, with everyone, because you've already told me, but I want you to do it to a wider audience. Well, two things. I think I don't know if it was you or your brother who was worse. Give us a call. First person on line 694 would win the prize. And, and we had six lines at Radio Force initially. But that's another story for competition prizes. This one was to do with a Friday night. Is it true you used to direct everyone away from gamekeepers and your traffic report on a Friday night because that was the way that you went to the speedway from the studios? That is a scurrilous, scurrilous <laughs> but accurate rumour. It's been it's been um, spread on this show before as well, I believe. It's, no, it's factual. It absolutely is because there was one yes. time I cut it really tight for for making it for tapes up for the Speedway, and I thought, oh, this is not happening again. And lo and behold, there had been a breakdown, and there had been an incident at three o'clock or something on Gamies, and I'm reporting this, the earlier accident, maybe some residual tailbacks, and I thought, I'll go that way just to see how bad it is, and there was nobody there. There was absolutely hee-haw, and I'm thinking, yes, genius. And I got to the Speedway, and it was like 40 minutes early. I thought, oh, bring it on. So next week, blah, 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 we've had an incident at Gamekeeper Road. I didn't say what the incident was. It was a lady whose shopping bag had burst and it had no effect whatsoever on the traffic, but there was an incident. And so I get there and I'm screaming right the way along at Gamekeeper's Road. Love it. I'd love to say it's not a part of my background that I'm proud of, but I would probably be lying because I think it was using my initiative. Which I think is great. And, and the first part of that is 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 line number 7,424, which didn't exist, the reason why I have so many CDs and vinyl from the Radio 4th Library? Can't comment. <laughs> right, our new box-to-box midfielder. You two are a yes. nightmare, honestly. Yes. Um, now, apart from anything... Oh, here's the story. Here's the story. Three <laughs> weeks after being at the Tala Stadium, I'm at the, the, the O2 Academy with a chief scout from Heart of Midlothian Football Club to see the Doobie Brothers, and I mentioned young Aaron. And here we are, 16 okay. months later. You got a finder's I fee? Bet you put, I bet you put an invoice in or want a finder's fee. Not as yet, mate. Not as yet. But <laughs> as yet. The day is young. Now, <laughs> now this is, before we, before we um, get into his qualities as a player, because he was on my list, um, now... We've been there's been debate about his, his surname because this is obviously part of of your job as well. Now all the Irish coverage that we watched was Macaniff, but mm-hmm. um, I was talking to a couple of guys at Hearts last week, who, and that's what we decided on initially after they first spoken to him. But then suddenly I've got someone saying actually it might be more McKenniff, and you said it. You kind of went with McKenniff there, I think. Correct. Well, again, I do a lot of business in Ireland, and I, I'm also aware of some people who spell their name Kieran, but you call them Kieron. And that one, yes, there's a, a Kieron uh, McKenna who works for Kerry Foods, actually, in Ireland. And so I'm used to speaking with him, and as a consequence, that's how I would pronounce his. That said, uh, our one was born in the north. He was born in, in, in London Derry, so... Okay. It may not be correct. Again, I've not spoken with him yet. Okay, so that'll be a mission for Morton at home. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll speak to him before the game and say, by the way, I discovered you. How do I pronounce your surname? <laughs> <laughs> well, here, I've got to commentate on him tomorrow night, so... Anyway, we'll, we'll figure McKenna. it out. McKenna. Aaron. 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 I know. As I know. in Kenneth. K-E-N-E-F-F. <laughs> Kenneth. 
Okay. It just means that all the Irish commentators were saying it differently that I watched, because I watched a heap of Shamrock clips. But um, mm. not like commentators to get it wrong, eh? No, absolutely. Okay, but as a player, I was going to put this to one of you, since we're talking about him, Scott, and you um, obviously were chief scout to, to sourcing this talent. Clearly, um, clearly. Certain Hearts TV coverage may have started dropping um, names like Cameron and Hartley into the coverage last week. Mm. Is this guy what we've been missing for he quite some time? He reminds me, and I, I've said this, I phoned Chris on my, my son Chris on my way home from the stadium that night, and I said he reminded me across between Mickey Cameron and Ian Black. He had the motor of Mickey Cameron and the dirty little bastard of Ian Black. <laughs> and you're going to edit bits, so you may put in a bleep there or whatever. But that's, no, no, it's fine. Blackie, Blackie had that, I'm a nasty little shit from Trinent and I'm going to leave my studs raked down the back of your, your, your calf. He was combative. Combative, that's a great word. Yes, absolutely. Combative. That's my diplomatic that's my diplomatic commentary term for a nasty like little that. bastard. I like that. Yeah, there you are. Combative streak like Ian Black. Love it. Um Mark, I'll put another one to you here because I guess one of the big topics of the game there weren't many in terms of um talking points in terms of chances, but referee Stephen McLean. Um, oh dear. I I think Robbie had probably made his feelings uh, very clear, even before the, the second half. He didn't have a very good game, did he? No, he was awful. He's, he's been okay in the past, but no, he was, he was dreadful. What game was that, Donkey? I must have missed <laughs> um, that. It was a bounce game, Scotty. Yeah, clearly, nobody, no, nobody there, no journalists or anything like that. What I've noticed, and like the standard of refereeing when I used to cover hearts wasn't great. But, I mean, back in the day, you could have a laugh. I mean, Craig Burley, who I work alongside, tells the story of him and Willie Young would have kind of ongoing battles. And it was just, it was jovial. You're, you're having a shit game and listen to that. Oh, they're not, they're not chanting at you, son. They're chanting at me. And just, just having a laugh. But these kind of robots now, I don't know if the standard's poorer because I don't, I don't see every second of every game due to my work. But that was, that was a, that was a poor performance. Don Robertson's been poor this season. And these are guys that have refereed at a much higher level than the championship, which makes it surprising. But one thing I would say here is that don't be a, a squeaky little bitch, Mark Kerr, after a game and come out and say, oh, he was louder and he, he was complaining and, and that's why they got their penalty. You're perfectly entitled to do the same thing as well, Mark Kerr. So why don't you do it? What I've noticed this season is that Robbie Nielsen, this quiet lad, blah, 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 but Lee McCulloch, when he was on, said he's got a side to him that when he does shout, he makes it known. He becomes a different animal on a on a touchline, does he not? Oh, he's 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 putting us. Um, we'll be bottom of the disciplinary uh, table just because of Robbie Nielsen, <laughs> the way we're Good. going. Does he um does he find himself for each booking? I wonder because it's got three now, doesn't it? A booking doesn't get you a fine, does it? I mean, what was the game he got? Did he not get? A, he a got two. He got two against Wraith. So he got two yellows and a red. And to be fair, that. That was John Beaton, wasn't it? Against Wraith. Oh. Which Wraith game? The home or away game? The home, the home one. The one was... that we lost. Aye, it was the home well, game that he was... He um... had a bit of a howler. Mind you, we were howling, but the ref wasn't great. Uh, but I've got um, one of my, my close golfing buddies. It was Beaton, sorry. Yeah. And he's scathing about McLean and Beaton. And he's forever, when we're out for a pint or playing golf, 
he will be singing the praises of Willie Collum. Now, if you've been in corporate hospitality, you know, whenever I read out the teams before the game, I always go, our match referee is Willie Collum. And everybody boos and I go, I'm only joking. He's at a human sacrifice. So instead, today we've got X, Y, Z. And now I've come to realise on the back of um, aforementioned former professional referee who's who shall remain nameless, we'll, we'll call him Willie. Willie says to me that Willie Collum is actually the best referee we've got. I'm like, no, I wouldn't buy all your heed. And lo and behold, you watch the game and he's predictable. You know what you're going to get. And he gets more right than he gets wrong. So I hold my hand up and say, Willie Collum is arguably the best referee in Scottish football right now. Words that I never thought would come out of my mouth. Is that, just, is. Is that just because is. everyone's got really bad around him and he's just stayed bad Possibly and now everyone's right, yeah, awful yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, just bad I think people like McLean he'll, he, he's inconsistent Willie is consistently frustrating but you know what you're going to get no, and you're if right, you you're break right. down the game and, and you analyse it as a friend of mine who used to be a referee says and they do, they break it down and he has the highest percentage of of correct calls of anybody else in Scottish football. And it's just, I used to call them all sorts of names, never to speak, yep. I hasten to add, except when I was speaking at a dinner once and I had too much to drink. But that's another story for another night. But he has, he's gone right up in my estimation and he is, he's arguably our best referee. I think he's, well, I think he's improved, I would say. Sorry, Mark. I, would, I think he has but, improved yeah. as well, being serious. I think he's better he, than he he's, was. He's, he's got better, but Willie Calm is someone that, 100% referees by the law book, as you would expect from a religious education um, teacher. And that is why he's well thought of in UEFA circles as well, because he does everything by the book. You could ask a bit of common sense here or there, but Scott is right. You know what you're going to get. Now, what I would say to play devil's advocate, Scott, I've known you long enough, and, and any heart's defeat is usually accompanied by well, yeah, but the referee wasn't very good either. And Correct. I, I, yeah, I can understand that. But what being a commentator um, allows you or should allow you to be is to see that there is a second side to, to every story. Um, but I can, there was a, an Edinburgh derby at Easter Road when Bobby Madden was in charge. And Bobby Madden had a wonderful game that day for both sides. Both managers complimented him afterwards. But then the next time he took charge of hearts, he was dreadful. So it's just the consistency aspect. I hate mm-hmm. people say, oh, there's there's something deeper than that. And, and it, it's, ah, yeah, I mean. it, that, that's absolute bollocks. It's nonsense. The only thing that they're guilty of is one, inconsistency, and two, at times, incompetence. But if you're not punished for your incompetence, and I know we've had the issues with Mike Dean down south, and oh, the, uh, he's going he's gonna to come off the next around the Premier League games, and it wasn't good um, about the whole death threats. That was an absolute disgrace. But they both still ended up, Lee Mason and, and, and Mike, is it Mike Dean, I think it is, uh, ended up doing FA Cup ties this week as well. So it's up to the officials, it's up to their bosses to come out and say, that wasn't good enough a display, whether it was by Willie Collum, Stephen McLean, because they're just going to do the same thing every week. The lack of quality control among match officials in Scotland from afar seems awful. However, maybe they are, maybe they do exercise quality control, but they do it privately. What I would well, like to see help, is they've been able to speak. Well, it doesn't help us, but if if they publicly publicly came out and chastised a referee after a performance, it would then give 
the fans who were saying, oh, he was rubbish, he was rubbish, he was biased, grist for the mill to go after him more on social media to say, yeah, we told you you were shite on Saturday and you got your ass chewed by the authorities, so we were right. Which means that they are therefore always right thereafter. So, it's yeah, again, I wouldn't be a referee. We, we need them for the game. But I think they are fair game until they can come out and explain themselves after the game. And that's Do you remember, the, mem- remember the whistleblower on the SFA website? That's gone back a while. Do you remember when they did yes, that? Yes, yes. And, and it didn't last long, did it? <laughs> no, of course not. Absolutely. And, and it was never going to. It was going to be a short-term thing. And it was to placate a certain element of the, 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 the Scottish football fan base. And No, I, again, I get it. I, I, like I say, it's not a role I would like to have. Yes, I'd love to see them be more transparent and come out and speak. Or why don't you wire them up like rugby referees? Well, for VAR, for VAR in England, I would take that. Because they do that for VAR, for video assistant referees in Australia. And mm-hmm. the rugby referee is a guy who I, I know very well, a guy called Peter Downey um, in, in the UK, set up this thing called RefLink way back when charged £5 a pop for, for supporters, and you could listen to the referees. You got this little radio and you could listen to the referees. So why wouldn't you have some sort, for, for fans at home, um, to be able to listen to, to the VAR conversation to clear things up? Shall I tell you why? Because, and it's became, become a pardon, being in a stadium when there's no fans, you hear everything that's going on at the game. And I had to laugh, our home game against Aloe or something, they're continually barking at the linesman. Lido! Lido, Lido, are you not seeing that? Lido, pay attention. It was absolutely hilarious. Now, he's obviously picking that up with his mic. Some of it is the profanity being directed at him and the referee is outrageous. You don't hear that when there's a crowd in there. So can you imagine broadcasting that? Some snowflake's going to take offence. Do you remember, and I cannot remember the reason why, but there was a Hearts Motherwell game where for some reason they had some kind of trial of having the referee mic'd up. Hmm. I can't remember why they did it or who had organised it. I just remember there was clips of it. And it was it was a game... I specifically remember Stephen Presley was playing for Hearts. So it would have been, um, would have been what, 15, 20 years ago. I don't know if either of you remember this. I, I can't remember the reason for it. No, I don't remember it at all. I do remember the, the getting a, a, a mic... A, sorry, a, an earpiece. But it must have been... No, you're right, actually. We had them with hearts. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. We had them with a hearts logo on them, and you could buy them. That so was for that our commentary. Li- that's correct. You could listen to the commentary while you that were in the TV. Yep. That's mm-hmm. what it is, and, okay. and that's a good idea. So I've done a quick search, and, and Pai and Bovril came up with a hit on some of the keywords where a Motherwell fan stated he remembers STV did a documentary with a referee. He thinks it was Ian Brines in a Motherwell Hearts game and he was mic'd up. Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know. It was just a Motherwell fan posting on Pine Bovril, but it's the mm. first th- first thing that dropped. I'll have to try and find out for next time because it's, um, it's not good listening for me to sit it and would troll be, through no, the again, <laughs> but it, it would be good to mic them up because you would understand the pressures they are under from the players, from the crowd, etc. And they're only human. And they can have bad days the same as, as we can. Listen, you, you've obviously had a bad day as a commentator. I've had a bad day. There's, there's a prime example. The Two weeks ago, or two games ago, who did we play? We were at home uh, before. Oh, no, it was a Wraith Rovers game, wasn't it? And I awarded, I, I see this bald head going up, heading the ball into the back of the net. 
I looked down to play the, the song and then I see Stephen Naismith running back with the ball under his arms <laughs> and I announced he's the winner. And of course, him and Boyce have got the same haircut. They're both bald. Now, as you can see from the, the, the highlights, Boyce rises like a salmon from a, a, a crowd of players, nods it in. I then look away. I didn't then see Stephen Naismith running to the back of the net, pick up the ball. So he's running back to the centre spot with the ball under his arm with a bald head. It's, it's you know, you can understand why I made the mistake. It's okay. I missed the red card at Starks Park because I didn't know what the hell was going on and I was on my own. Ah, right. the other so side. We've all been there. <laughs> but just like a confessional, Scotty. <laughs> but we're quick enough to castigate referees for having a bad day. Admittedly, neither Laurie nor I nor you, well, maybe you do, Donkey, but none of us two get 800 quid for a game and we're expected to be on top form all the time. On the game, I don't know if we want to add anything more on Air United against I th- Hearts. I thought, we, I thought we managed the second half well, boys. Yeah, yeah. I would we, agree. We really, yeah. Conditions were horrible, but I thought that was a, that was a very professional performance. Controlled, wasn't it? Very well. Yeah, I thought it was good. And it was good that the two new boys came on as well. So, and the new boy exercised a wee bit more composure. Castanier, he should have got a shot on target. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, late in the second half and that would have put a better gloss on it but I know the penalty wasn't a penalty but the penalty we should have had in the first half yeah. wasn't given I know two wrongs don't make a right but I'll take it it's a tough one that we would have lost this time last season and so we take it and we, we, we press on I, I mean even I mean the penalty decisions yeah I agree with you one was they were both the wrong call but the one that really got me was the free kick they didn't give I was basically talking about. Yeah. I was basically talking about who's going to hit it from this range. Oh yeah. yeah. I almost just assumed that he'd given that because was it Boyce? He went right through Boyce. That was bizarre. Yeah, that refer- one. Referee's four yards away, and it's stuff like that that infuriates fans. And you go, referee, really? Can you not see that? And do you watch that back? You get home after the game, you have yourself a beer, you watch the game back, and you go, oh god, how did I miss that? Do you think that they 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 do quality checks on themselves? No, come on now. Wouldn't imagine. Well, I just ask. I would. I remember when I was a, a, a young DJ. I, I would. In fact, I've still got. I think the first three months of my shows on Radio Clyde, I've got the ear checks, and I listen back now and like Jesus, and they kept me on. But you know, you you learn from it and you improve. And I'd like to think the referees did the same. But Scott, you you don't know what you don't know with referees, and that, that's what I'm talking about about quality control and those above them over here. In the States, a lot of, I would call average commentators, some would call me average, I don't, I don't care about that, but a lot of people I would class as kind of average at their job. But that's not their fault in that they've been given the opportunity, but they don't have anybody above them as a mentor to help them get ah. better. And maybe Ear the same as... Yeah, exactly. How many times did we do that um, mm-hmm. back, back in the day at fourth or whatever? Because... There's two different types of people, Scott. You know this well, having worked in this industry for as long. Those that want to get better and aren't frightened to be told, you know what, that maybe wasn't the best, but here's how you could do it better. And others that have no interest in listening back because they're just they can't take criticism and they are what they are and that's them. That's what they're going to be. That's the problem. The quality control in Scottish referees. I don't know if I trust those involved to make the referees better. That's all we're asking because the good ones will want to be better because with being better as a referee would come 
more European things, more trips abroad, yeah. more kudos. That can only benefit everybody because. But they do get you think Stephen McLean's not gone home and he's watched that and he's heard the commentator who was very good? Who was it? It was a BBC boy on Friday night. Uh, there was Al Lamont and Al Lamont, Billy Al Dodds. And Billy Dodds. Right, so Al Lamont's gone, oh, surely that, that in the first half. Oh, he's clipped him. That must be a penalty. Oh, he's not given it. So does that not make the, the referee, when he's watching that back late on at night, thinking, oh, I really should have given that? OK, well, what if had... he does? What, what if he does, Scotty? Because uh, Stevie McLean, I'm sure, is an honest lad, right? Uh-huh. He maybe didn't have his best day at the office. What if he looks at that and says, I fucked up. I, mm-hmm. I should have given that. Now, I'm not... You, you speak to referees and you ask them about makeup calls and they deny it. I'm sorry, that was never a penalty for Hearts in the second half, but it was in the first half. But I would be very surprised if Stevie McLean watched that back and still came up with the same opinion that the first one wasn't a penalty and the second one was. I but agree. Then, but how then, much was he influenced by Robbie Barkin in his ear at half-time, oh, which maybe <laughs> made him view, and it's in a split second, remember, that's, he that's views the handball and then comes to the conclusion, oh, it came off another part of his body. Ah, but I screwed up in the first half. Yeah. I know two wrongs don't make a right. Oh, but his hand's in an unnatural position. And, and again, these guys have to react very quickly. I think it's something that's possibly in their head, and it's not so much, I need to write that first decision, but it's maybe more feeling the pressure, right, uh-huh. one, one bad call against the team is going to be, you know, criticised. If I deny them, if this turns out to be a clear penalty and I deny them too, then that's yes. going to be, that's going to look really bad. Let's, let's play devil's advocate here, boys, because if there is someone sitting down with that referee, and I'm sure, I don't know, was there a referee supervisor in the stand? There normally is for mm-hmm. games. By giving Hearts that second penalty, he would then get marked down twice. Yeah. So the makeup call is going to hurt him. Because if the referee looks at that and says, that first one, that was a penalty, that second one wasn't, you can't give that as a make-up call, because then you're going from one bad decision to two bad decisions. Correct. I'm going to start calling you Al Pacino the amount of times you're playing devil's advocate tonight. Enough. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so we'll move on from that, but I don't want to focus too much on the Queen of the South game at the end of the show like we often do, because we are recording this on Thursday evening. So it'll go out on Friday, so people might be listening to this by the time that game is finished. So very quickly, um, I'll go to you first, Scott. Queen of the South game, would you change much about the team if, if you were the, the man picking it? I don't think he will. He certainly, I don't think he'll start with Nisi because it's on an artificial surface. Yeah. I think that he would probably start the way that he started at Air United. Do you think it'll um, help us in some ways? Because... I'd say we played the best football I've seen this season from Hearts at Starks Park on mm-hmm. the on the artificial surface there. I don't know if that helped mm-hmm. in allowing our technical players, the likes of Walker, Boyce as well, who's obviously great with the ball at his feet. I think it seemed to help them. Will that allow us to maybe put on more of a, I suppose, a, a short passing, um, aesthetically pleasing style of play on, on this game? It may well do, actually, because these guys are technically better than the opposition. But I think Stark's part, they had a point to prove after the Saturday. True. And Robbie's yeah. probably, you know, bored them a new one and said, you've let everybody down, get out there and rectify this. And, and we should have been four up at half time. And, and they did. And I think they need to go out with that attitude. Rather than the attitude they went out against Dunfermline with and in the first half, although I thought the tactics were wrong, in the first half up at Dens. I think Andy Irvin should be starting every game. We should be building a team around Andy Irvin. 
indeed. What are you expecting um, in this one, Mark? A, a different a different approach, a different tempo from the start? Do you expect to see any of the new guys getting more game time? Maybe. I'm expecting a better Queen of the South than we saw at Tynecastle. They were one of the poorest opponents yeah. that we've seen this season. Remember the, the 6-1 game? They've um, picked up, they have picked December. up a bit. Uh, they have picked they up have, a bit since yeah, they then. Have, did, they, did they not have a win at, at Wraith? Um, they might have done. Yeah, they've, they've had a couple of good results. As far as team selection is concerned, I'd go same again. I would, and I'd maybe take a couple of boys off after uh, after an hour, um, if the thing's going our way, and bring on the same two. I think we've we've made a lot of kind of tweaks and a lot of changes over the last few weeks, trying to find the the, the right team. We've had one or two knocks and niggles as well, and injuries. I think it'd be nice if we had a an unchanged lineup because you'll need to check this, Laurie. I'm not sure we've had an unchanged lineup in the league this season. No, um, I. I've not got it in front of me, but it's been well publicised on another Hearts podcast that Robbie Nielsen has gone a lot of games, I think, between even the end of his first spell in charge and into this one without keeping the same lineup. There you go. So just, uh, do, if everyone's fit, I mean, you, you don't know. I mean, I expected the Scotland lineup to be the same for the game against Wales this weekend as it was against England, but there's there were a couple of, of unexplained or uh, injuries that, that weren't mentioned, that might be the same with, with Hearts. I don't know. If it isn't, I'd keep the same. Because I think I think if you keep chopping and changing, what we want is we want to build up a momentum. We've now got three consecutive games uh, without conceding. Let's try and keep that going. But let's let's have a... If, you, if you're fit, you know you're probably going to start. And then, then you've got the subs. It's up to them to come on and make an impact. That's how you kind of build um, towards success going forward with the, with the team that we have, I think. We have had some positive news around around Hearts and around another club in the Championship, which is which is a nice change in some ways, given a lot of the the beef, should we say, that's between certain clubs in Scottish football just now. So Inverness Caledonian Thistle will host a game against Hearts later this month at the Caledonian Stadium, which holds um, about seven thousand eight hundred or so. And their record attendance was set back in 2008, which was 7,753 against Rangers. Now, we've heard your phone going off in the background, Scott. I won't I won't give you a bother for that because I assume it's John Robertson giving you updates on, on more ticket sales. Because what? how many are we at now? 8,900 is the last publicised <laughs> one. So I think we'll, we'll end up making 10. Which is incredible. Which is... Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. Now, you've, uh, you, you'll call, I think, before we came on air, what did you call yourself in regards to this? <laughs> when I said uh, you're heavily involved. No, just, oh, no, indeed, I'm not. I'm just a mouthpiece for it. And because I get on so well with Robbo and Scott Gardner, they are sending me messages, knowing fine well that I'll post it on social media. And because I've got a large following, it obviously helped the, 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 the campaign. That's all I was, just a mouthpiece. Is it true, is it true Scotty, that we're, we're now selling tickets for the North Stand part of the Keswick Bridge as Correct. well. Absolutely. So and the stadium, we're, we're on the beams Correct. of the Keswick Bridge now. And there is no guarantee they'll actually be able to see the game, these virtual fans. <laughs> so uh, I, we can also confirm that the SPFL have looked into this and they have declared this an incident. They have docked parts three points, awarded Rangers the penalty and awarded the title to Celtic. 
<laughs> the other thing, Laurie, I would say in a bid to try and get Inverness some more money, um, yesterday on one of the Heart of Midlothian forums on Facebook that I'm a member of, they confirmed that there will be a match programme issued for the game as well, which is available from yeah. the publishers. So that's more money for, for Inverness. And, uh, Brilliant. And we like to help when... Just helping in general is nice, but especially when someone's already done you a turn, it's always nice to be reciprocal. I'm just, laugh- I'm just laughing because I, the reason I saw that is because someone shared it saying, I'm only buying it if Robbo signs it. Um, so <laughs> he's got to sign 10,000 letters for tickets and possibly uh-huh. however many thousand programmes. Um, the idea, though, it was it, it was between was it Federation of Hearts supporters, Stephen Kilgore, who was involved. Was Kelly, in this. Kelly's, Kelly's idea. Kelly yeah. came up with the idea, phone Scott. And it was Scott and Robo that came up with the idea of let's do a fiver. They're effectively donations, but if you donate a tenner, Robo will sign the ticket and a letter of thanks. And I, I jokingly sent him a, 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 a message on WhatsApp about pain in his right wrist. I shan't uh, really exactly <laughs> what, I, what came back, but he claimed he had had plenty practice and it would be fine. But he then called me. Was it yesterday evening? I've forgotten what day this is. Maybe it was yesterday evening, whatever. Maybe it was Tuesday evening. But he had a wrist support on on, on his right arm. And we were having a, a laugh about that. But he had had massages, his shoulders done, his back rubbed by the 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 the, 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 the Masu, the, the trainer at Cali, because he was so tense with signing all these letters. But it's just brilliant what he's done. Absolutely. Personalised one to me. And he showed me another one, and I probably, I might be wrong in doing this, but the person that bought it claimed that their name was Jay Christ uh, from Stockton <laughs> Paul Garden. <laughs> so I thought, he showed me, and I'm like, can he be me? It must be made up because you are the son of God. You're the one that's signing this. So he was, uh, he was having a chuckle about it. But no, he's absolutely delighted. But neither of the, the, the thought that maybe sell 200 to 500. And to do close on 10,000 is absolutely remarkable. What he started doing, Scotty, is he, he does his signature. Um, I got a photo last night of uh, the letter that I bought a ticket as well. And I've just got a smiley face with the SPN on it. Um, and he's got his thumbs up in the photo. But Alan Preston said he's got a... Because Alan yeah, Preston knows Robo well. That, yeah. He's got a bad pot smiley face as well. But at mm-hmm. the start, he was, he was saying there was a thought of right now we know for people that he knew and then he realized there's probably so many people that he knows of the <laughs> ten thousand or so that might it would it would take him a forever and bearing in mind all the games before the hearts game are likely to be postponed anyway and i hope the hearts game isn't because the the recent games have been hopefully they can get their pitch in order but <laughs> does everyone get a refund so, if the game's called off? <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> I can't make the rescheduled date I'd like a refund <laughs> yes. please ah <laughs> uh, brilliant he, uh, he, he sent me a picture of one that he had signed to me and down the bottom of his hat a smiley face and and Robbo used to describe us when we, we did corporate together as the Ant and Dick of Scottish football, <laughs> he would point to me and say, he's Ant, and, and he'd signed it, he said, to my favourite Ant from your favourite Dick. So um, <laughs> he's obviously taken that time out to personalise a number of them, so no, yeah. fair play, fair play.
That was part one of our episode with Hearts Stadium announcer Scott Wilson. Part two of the episode will be released on Sunday, 14th of February, available on all of the usual podcast apps. Until then, thank you for listening.